0: Hey, family, this is Josh Eggerson. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Faith Restored podcast. Faith Restored is a local church with a global mission to reach the lost and teach the found. And it's our hope that the word you're about to hear today encourages you, inspires you, and builds your faith. If you'd like to learn more about Faith Restored, you can visit us on our website at faithrestored.church. Now let's go live into this week's message. Genesis chapter twenty nine, beginning at verse number thirty one. We worship you, you are to be praised. Amen. Genesis chapter twenty nine. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. If you don't have a Bible we brought one to you, it's on the screen, verse 31. Hear the word of the Lord. It says, now the Lord saw that Leah was unloved and he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bore a son and named him Reuben. For she said, the Lord has seen my affliction. Surely now my husband will love me. Everybody say, love me. Then she conceived again and bore another son and said, because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. So she named him Simeon. Then she conceived again and bore another son and said now this time my husband um attached to me because I have borne him three sons and therefore he was named Levi verse 35 and she conceived again and bore another son and said this time everybody say this time I will praise the Lord and therefore she named him Judah and she stopped bearing children. I want to draw your attention for the sake of emphasis to verse number 32. She says and Leah conceived and bore a son and named his name Reuben for she said because the Lord has seen my affliction surely now My husband will love me, amen. I wanna preach for a little while using as a subject, you're gonna love me. Father, thank you for this time. Help us now, in Jesus' name, amen. You're gonna love me. Uh, Many of us remember that iconic scene, that moment from the stage play later the movie Dreamgirls, when Effie White, first played by Jennifer Holliday, then Jennifer Hudson in the screen adaptation, when being notified of a secret vote to put her out of the singing group she found, told her manager and lover, Curtis, and I am telling you, I am not going... I want to let my wife sing it because she's she singing at the house. But many of us remember that. She told Curtis, look, I'm not going anywhere. As a matter of fact, I'm staying. And not only am I staying, but while I'm here, you're gonna love me. And although we celebrate that iconic and culture shifting musical performance from Miss Holiday and then from Miss Hudson, all of us, while we look and celebrate the scene that Effie White is in, sadly it paints a picture of our culture. Because many of us have found ourselves stuck in relationships, trying to get people to see the value in us when it was clear that they didn't realize what God had deposited in us. We were trying to get a friend, a significant other, a job, a partnership, a church to realize that there was value in us. But they didn't see it, and because they didn't see it, we were looked past, left out, looked over, feeling as if we were unwanted and unworthy because we had to try to convince people who should have loved us to love us. And I don't know who's in the building today, but how many times, whether it be in a relationship or on a job situation or in some sort of social circle, we try to force people to see that we're worthy to be loved, valued, and appreciated. What do you do when you want love and you want respect and you want appreciation, but the person or the people that you want it from treat you like you're invisible? Is there anybody here who's ever had to deal with the reality of rejection? God, help me. I know people don't want to be real because we come to church and put our church face on and act like everything is all good and like nobody's ever done us wrong and like every day we wake up, is sunshine and everything is good all the time. But the reality is if you live life long enough, you will have to deal with the reality of feeling unwanted. Sometimes you'll feel unwanted, not because of the actions of anybody else. You'll feel unwanted because of the issues and the pain of your past so you're in a relationship with someone who wants you just fine but because your daddy didn't want you or your mother didn't want you or your grandma told you that you just like your fast mother you look at other people like they don't want you in actuality the issue is you don't know how to want yourself because whether it's external or internal at some point all of us will have to deal with the reality of rejection God help me and what do you do when you've given somebody the best of yourself the best of, yourself, the best of your love the best of your time, the best of your money, the best of your attention, the best of your affection and they don't want you back. God help me. What do you do when you've done your best to audition and show them how good of a wife you are gonna be and how good of a husband you are gonna be and how good of a business partner you would be and how good of a church worker, and ministry worker you would be and they don't see the value in you. What do you do when you've given your best and the one you've given your best to still doesn't want you. God help me. Is there anybody here who's willing to be honest and admit in the church today that I'm tired of feeling rejected. God, help me. I'm tired of giving myself freely because I love hard and I love easy. It don't take much to get me to fall for somebody, to to, to, to love somebody, to give to somebody. Matter of fact, I'm a giver and a helper by nature, but I'm tired of people taking my kindness for weakness. I'm tired of people taking advantage of me. And when I want to be connected, all they want is a transactional situation where I'm giving them all of me and they're not giving me any of them. I'm tired of dealing with rejection. And beloved, the reality of our existence is that at some point, we will all have to deal with rejection. At some point, we will all have to deal with with the of feeling like we are unwanted and unworthy. But even when life forces us to deal with the pain of rejection in our relationships, we can recover when we realize that we have been loved by the Lord all along. God help me, you missed it. People may never see your value, beloved. They may never treat you like they should. They may never see you as a blessing to their life. But the beauty of your life is that in spite of who doesn't see you, there is a God who knew you before you were in your mother's womb. And even before you knew him, he was crazy about you. And you didn't have to earn his affection. You didn't have to work for his approval. He loves you. God help me. And that's why no matter who doesn't see you, who doesn't hear you, and who doesn't want to be connected to you, you can still have joy because you are loved by an eternal, everlasting and unchanging God. Is there anybody here who's glad about the fact that he loves you? God help me. I told y'all I came to preach this morning. I wish you'd help me. Is there anybody here who knows that he loves you? God, help me. Oh God, and the love of God is different than the love of people because your imperfections will cause other people to walk away from you. But God will see your imperfections and love you in spite of you. Oh God, is there anybody here who can keep it real and testify that there are reasons why God should not love me. There are reasons why he should be done with me. There are reasons why he should walk away from me. But God loved me anyhow. God, help me. And I know it's early in the year but Easter is coming so can I tell you how I know he loves me God help me but I know he loves me because when I was at my worst God gave me his best God help me is there anybody here who knows that he loves you because he gave you something I'm sorry you didn't get anything on Valentine's Day you had to buy your own gift and take your own self out to dinner I know I'm not tripping about that but you gotta realize that 2,000 years ago God gave you a Valentine's Day gift named Jesus he died for you he bled for you he He up from the grave to prove that he loves you. God help me. As a matter of fact, the reason why I love God is because he gave the right to, uh, not to chase after the love of others uh, because the love of God is chasing after me. God, help me. Is there anybody here who's glad that he chased you down? Oh God, you were drunk after the club, but he chased you down. Uh, you were rolling blunts, been uh, between classes, but he chased you down. You were sleeping around with folk you were not married to, but he chased you down. You were promiscuous. Uh, you were crazy. You were rebellious, but the love of God was chasing you down. You need to shout, not because the Pope were chasing you, but because the overwhelming love of God was chasing you down. In life and in love you will have to deal with the reality of rejection. But you can recover from rejection in your relationships when you realize that you've been loved by God all along. And that's really the conclusion that Leah is coming to in our text. The Bible lets us know that Leah is a mad woman. She's mad because she was forced by her father to marry a man who didn't want her. The Bible says that Jacob went uh, to his uncle Laban's house and at his uncle Laban's at his uncle Laban's house. He, he saw a woman, a woman named Rachel. God help me. Rachel was fine. She was, she was out of this world. She was a bad mama She was good looking uh, to Jacob and Jacob wanted her. And so he said, look, uh, I'll work for you for seven years because I'm broke and I don't got the money to give you a dowry for your daughter. So I'll work for you for seven years to get Rachel as my wife. But the Bible says that at the end of the seven years, Laban got Jacob so drunk and sent him into the bedroom room uh, to consummate his marriage, but he didn't put Le- uh, Rachel in the bedroom. He put his sister, her sister, her twin sister, Leah, in the bed next to him. And the Bible says that Leah, we don't know exactly what was wrong with Leah, but the Bible says she wasn't as good looking as Rachel was. And so Jacob consummates his marriage with the woman that he thinks he loves, wakes up the next morning after the liquor has worn off and realizes that it's not the woman that he wanted. And the Bible says, the Laban tells him, he says, look uh, I know that you wanted Rachel but technically Leah came out the womb first and uh, Leah's so ugly that I got to trick somebody into marrying her. I can't get nobody to propose to her. So do me a favor. Uh, if you take Leah uh, and work for me for another seven years I'll let you marry Rachel tomorrow and you can just work off the rest of your debt and so that's what happens. The Bible says that Jacob agrees to work another seven years for Laban. Laban after the agreement is struck and signed brings Rachel back into Jacob's tent. And so now Leah and Jacob and Rachel are living in the tent together. But the Bible says that Rachel Jacob loves and Leah Jacob despises. Now he does not despise Leah because she's a bad person. He despises Leah because he's forced now to deal with somebody that he didn't want to get the person that he does want. God help me. Can you see how Leah is feeling now? Leah's living in a house uh, with her sister who she loves, uh, with a husband, that she has to share, God help me, Uh, in a situation where she wishes that she could be loved. Uh, But the Bible says that Leah is unloved. And so what Leah does is she tries to have Jacob's babies in an attempt to give Jacob, God help me, uh, get Jacob to love her back. And so Leah then ends up naming her children based on the issues of her relationship with their father. She names them Reuben, Simeon, and Leah. Levi, which literally means see me, hear me, hold me. But after each of those children, not only did Jacob refuse to see her and hear her and hold her, but what was worse, Jacob was sleeping with Leah, God help me, but loving somebody else, God help me. Oh God, how many of us have thought or know somebody who thought that giving ourselves to someone physically in a relationship was going to help the relationship, but rather than helping the relationship, it seems like the more we gave of ourselves the more we had to keep on giving God help me that's because when you go to the flesh all you get is flesh but if you want to change your heart you need to go to God oh God but like many of us Leah was trying to make someone love her by producing for them physically and then taking her issues out on the things that she was producing because it didn't get her what they want how many y'all know somebody a mama a baby mama who's mad with a child because you had a baby and then the daddy didn't want you. God, help me. How many of y'all know somebody who gave themselves to somebody in a relationship thinking that if I put this in my name and if I got him an apartment in my name and I let him run my credit through the mud and I let him do all this stuff with me then he would love me. But then you look up and they still don't love you and now both of y'all credit is jacked up. God, help me and let me help somebody. Some single mother, some woman who's dealing with bitterness because you had a baby by a man that you wanted to love you and the baby didn't make him do what you thought it would make him do. A baby is not the glue that is going to hold a relationship together. If it was broken before the baby, it'll be broken after the baby. A baby does not constitute a family. Godly marriage is what constitutes a family. If you weren't a family before you had a child, you're not gonna be a family after you have a child. But God says if you give that same energy to me, I promise if you give it to me, you won't leave yourself. Feeling broken God help me because how many of you know it's possible for a person to want you physically but not want to deal with you emotionally God help me have you ever been there have you all oh, got I'm talking to some grown folk now I know it's kids in the room Oh, uh, but is there anybody here who can say I've been there I've given myself to people physically but then when I wanted to talk they just rolled over and went to sleep I, I've given myself to people and they didn't want to deal with me emotionally oh God but God said I don't just want you I want all of you I want to deal deal with you you every way I can. can. God, help me. Oh, God. And so Leah was bitter with her blessings from God because the blessings didn't get her what she wanted from Jacob. And how many of us have been guilty of being blessed and ungrateful? God, help me. Because God didn't bless us with what we wanted. God, help me. How many of y'all can testify? You're mature enough now to look back over your life and say, "I I was blessed, but I was ungrateful. Oh, God, I was blessed, but I was ungrateful. And we fail to appreciate what God is doing for us when we are focused on our dysfunction. But if we can take our attention off of our situation for just a moment, we'll realize that even in the midst of heartbreak and rejection, two things are happening. God, help me. Verse 31, look at the text. It says, now when the Lord saw, somebody say saw, that, that Leah, Leah was, was unloved, loved. he opened her womb. God help me, you missed it. If you had caught it, you would have shouted. The Bible says that Leah was unloved. Jacob didn't want her. Jacob didn't want to touch her. Jacob didn't want to deal with her. Matter of fact, Jacob was lying with Leah and thinking about Rachel. But the Bible says in spite of the pain, God help me, two things happened. Number one, God saw, God help me. Oh God, I don't know who I'm preaching to. Y'all sitting up in here looking at me like I'm crazy. But is there anybody here who can testify that God saw you? God help me. Me. Oh, Lord, you were in pain. You were in bondage. You were rejected. You were tripping. You were crazy. Oh, but God saw you. People were looking at you like you weren't worth nothing, treating you like you weren't worth anything. But God saw you. And the Bible says that while Leah was rejected, God looked at her and saw her in the midst of her rejection. But not only did God see, the Bible says that God opened. God helped me. Because God is not the type of God that will see that you're in pain and not do anything about it. God said, I will see that you're rejected. I'll see that you're hurting. I'll see that you're going through, and then I'll open up something in your life. Oh, God, is there anybody here who's here today as proof that God will open up some stuff? God, help me. God opened up a job for you. God opened up a door for you. God opened up a relationship, a connection for you. God opened up heaven for you and poured you out a blessing that you didn't have room enough to receive. Is there anybody here who can testify that not only will God see, but God will open some stuff? Oh God, God God saw saw and God opened. Bible says that she had three children. children. Reuben, Reuben, Simeon, and and Levi. See see me, hear hear me, hold me. She named her children based on what she wanted from that man. Looked over blessings because she was missing the point. But at some point in between the third and the fourth child, the Bible says, doesn't tell us how it happened, it tells us that the light clicked on. And she said, this happened. I'll, I'll praise the Lord. God, God help me. God. Uh, she, she goes through the pregnancy, pregnancy like normal. normal. Has, Has the, the baby, baby like normal. normal. And, and while, while Jacob, Jacob, with an attitude, is standing over her, wondering, wondering what is this, desperate this desperate chick gonna name the baby this time? Lord Jesus. Lord what does she want from me now? Nah. Leah, Leah does, does something, something that, that blows Jacob's Lord, mind. She says... Thank you for the baby, but I ain't studying you today. I'm going to name this baby Judah. God help me. Now, it is important that you understand the word Judah because Judah does not necessarily mean praise. It is a word that means praise, but that is not the full meaning of the word. Praise, basic in Hebrew, is Hallel, right? Hallel can be praise that goes to anyone. That's why when praise the Lord is formed in the Hebrew language, they have to say Hallelujah, because you have to praise God. But Judah is different because Judah means praise the Lord. Judah is a praise that is reserved specifically for God. So instead of naming the baby Hallel, which could have meant praise Jacob, uh, praise Jacob's daddy, praise my sister, she decides to name him Judah. so that that nobody can get it twisted. I'm giving this praise to the Lord. God help me, y'all are missing the whole part of the message. She she says, look, um, I wasted the best years of my life giving you children, hoping that you would see me, that that you would hear me, that that you would hold me. But this time, God help me, I'm going to praise the Lord. Because it was the Lord that brought me from where I was to where I am right now. And somebody needs to understand, I know you're like Pastor Josh, I thought you were preaching on relationships. I thought that you were going to give us practical principles on how to be successful in interpersonal relationships, and I'm doing that. But the first thing you got to understand is that if you want to be successful in relationship, you got to first be successful in discipleship, God help me. Oh God, you can't have a successful relationship until you've been successful in discipleship so if you want to become a better lover become a better worshiper God help me oh God you got to understand we're preaching on relationships we're teaching on relationships and marriage and dating and singleness and you wonder why we press in so hard during praise and worship it's because I'm trying to get you to see before you can be intimate with a person you got to learn how to be intimate with God you got to learn how to press in with God if you can't press in through worship through a headache how you gonna make love to your spouse when you don't feel like it. If you can't lift your hands when you come in the sanctuary because you're not in the mood, how you going to be able to keep your marital duties when you finally get married? And I'm tired of young folk coming to me talking about, I'm ready to be married. I'm ready to be a husband. I'm ready to be a wife. And you a sorry disciple. Leah said, I'm tired, God help me, of looking after people. I'm going to learn how to praise the Lord. God help me. So don't come to me for no premarital counseling if you ain't found your praise yet because I'm sending you back to the starting line. There some people that think they can love other people and you haven't learned how to love the Lord. But Leah said, Jacob did me dirty, but when Jacob was doing me dirty, God was loving me. Uh, the whole time, and might I suggest to somebody in the building that you've been trying to find a relationship, but what you really need to find is a praise. God help me, uh, because a praise can give you something that a relationship can't give you. God help me, worship can give you something that a wedding can't give you. God help me. Lord Jesus, that a husband can't give you? Is there anybody here that can say my relationships were crazy, but when they were crazy, I didn't run to another relationship. I learned to take refuge, God help me, in worship. If you learn how to worship God, then when your relationships are on the rock, you'll be able to look at God and declare the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and I say, is there anybody here who can say I found my relationship with God? Leah Leah says, look here, this this time, time, even even though Jacob Jacob still still don't love me. Even though, Even though Leah, Leah is, still, is still, or Rachel, Rachel is still, still sleeping, sleeping with my husband, God help me. God help me. Even, Even though everything, everything ain't going right, this, this time, time I'm going to give God, God praise. And can and I tell you what I love God about God Leah's worship. worship? Leah's worship didn't happen because her situation changed. God help me. Leah changed her perspective, and then the change in perspective resulted in new worship. God help me. Oh God, and is there anybody here who's been walking with God long enough to know that your situation may not all change. God, help me. God may not always change the thing that you're crying about, but he'll take away the tears from it. God, help me. Oh, God. I'll never forget. God, help me. Three years ago now, almost four years this summer, I had heart surgery. We were getting ready to take some pictures yesterday. Uh, We were getting ready uh, to take some pictures, and I was changing my shirt. I had my son with me, and I was changing my shirt. Uh, And because of my surgery that I had in 2015, I got a 16 Inch scar right down the middle of my chest is 16 inches long, an inch and a half wide, right down the center of my chest. I had a quintuple bypass, I'll tell you about it another day. And so, my son uh, saw me changing my shirt, looked at the scar, and said, Daddy, it wasn't the first time you've seen it, but you know, toddlers they ask the same question over and over until they get an understanding. My son looked at me, he said, Daddy, do you have an owie? I said, No, son. He said, yes, you do. I said, no, son, I don't have an hour. He put his hand on my chest and said, Mike, what is that called then? I said, son, that's a scar. He said, daddy, what's a scar? I said, son, a scar is something, God help me, that used to be an hour, but after time, it healed, God help me. But the scar is still there as a reminder that what used to hurt, God help me, don't hurt. Anymore. And is there anybody here who can give God praise for the scars in your life? God, help me. For the scars on your heart, for the scars in your relationship, for the scars on your finances, for the scars on your marriage, for the scars on your mental health. But God said, just because you got scars, you're in pain. It's a sign that what used to hurt doesn't hurt anymore. Oh, God. But that's not the shouting part. Can I tell you what the shouting part is? We took pictures yesterday, but can I tell you how I spent my Valentine's Day evening? I spent my Valentine's Day evening as I often do at home with my wife. But while I was sitting at home with my wife, uh, something happened. I was in the kitchen uh, cooking, uh, don't, don't judge us, we ghetto, uh, fried, uh, fried grilled cheese and bologna. Yeah, 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 we was in cooking fried grill. Y'all go to Roof Chris, y'all go to Five Birds and all that. Uh, we wanted fried bologna and grilled cheese because we ghetto like that. That's how we roll. So me and my wife sitting in the kitchen, or I'm in the kitchen. My wife sitting on the couch. My daughter sitting on the couch and she looks at me. and She says, Daddy, uh, can I have something to drink out of your cup uh, while I'm waiting for you to make my grilled cheese? I said, sure, baby. So I got a, a $27 glass Starbucks cup. Uh, I love Starbucks like that. Uh, don't judge me uh, because if you drink coffee every day at Starbucks, the cup will pay for itself. So anyway. I bought the cup uh, for $27 from Starbucks and I put some juice in it. It was sitting in my front room on the floor. My daughter was on the couch. I thought my cup was safe uh, from my daughter on the floor while my daughter was on the couch. But while I'm cooking the grilled cheese in the kitchen, I hear a crash and a owing. And so I was like, oh Lord, she done broke my cup. So I get mad because she broke my $27 Starbucks cup. I send my daughter into her room and she comes out after I send her into her room. She comes out. Blood is covering my daughter's foot because she cut herself herself. of, on the on glass the on glass, the on cup, the and so, so she, she now out, has a cup. Out, I got to clean out, off the wound, put a band aid on it, put some put peroxide on it, put some neosporin on it. But I was freaking out on the inside. I was cool, calm, and collected because I'm daddy on the outside, but on the inside, every time she moved the leg, the blood would squirt. I was. But on the outside, I was cool, calm, and collected because I'm daddy. So I put the bandage on my daughter. Fast forward to Saturday. We're taking pictures. I explained to my son that a scar means what used to hurt doesn't hurt anymore. My daughter looks down at her band-aid and says, So daddy, after a little while, the owie that I got on Thursday ain't going to hurt anymore? I said, Yes, baby. She said, Are you sure? I said, Yes, baby, because I had an owie right here. And the owie that I had don't hurt anymore. God will use your scar. God, help me. To encourage somebody that's wounded right now, God, help me. You were wondering why you went through it, God, help me. You were wondering why you had to go through it. God did it so that you could tell somebody that what you used to hurt, God, help me, won't hurt anymore. Uh, so Leah says that even when I don't have Jacob, I still got God. So I'm going to praise. Lord, help me. I'm going going to praise the Lord. Lord. I wish I had a voice. So Leah says, I I got to quit. I got three and I'm through. Three reasons why Leah decided to praise the Lord. Number one, it's on the screen. Because when Jacob rejected me, God provided me with reasons to rejoice. I had a conversation with Leah. I, had, I didn't understand that. I said, Leah, can you break that down for me? Help me understand what you mean by when Jacob rejected you, God provided you with reasons to rejoice. She said, look, uh, if you read your Bible preacher, you'll see that every time I had a baby, I said, God did it. But then I started talking about Jacob. God was doing something for me. Even when I didn't realize it, because I was focused on my rejection, God help me. And God wants you to know that if you stop focusing on people, you'll realize that in spite of your pain, God has been keeping you, God help me the entire time. God, help me. If you stop focusing on the fact that they don't appreciate your value at work and they don't pay you what you're worth, you'll be able to rejoice over the fact that every bill still been paid. You still got groceries in your refrigerator. Still got gas in your car. Still got cell phone and Wi-Fi. God, help me. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You are blessed even though people don't appreciate you. And God will give you reasons to rejoice if you readjust the picture. God, God, help me. Ah, said, look, God saw me. Jacob wasn't listening to me, but God heard me. Jacob wouldn't touch me unless we were being physically intimate, but God was holding me. I didn't have nobody to cuddle me in the middle of the night, but. But, but God wrapped, wrapped his arms, arms around, me. around me. I know, I know uh, some of my Pentecostal, Pentecostal friends want to be deep and, deep and, and say, God, God, ain't your Valentine. But that ain't my testimony. There were nights when I was by myself and God had to wrap his arms around me. God, help me. Is there anybody here who testifies testify that he'll hold you in the midnight hour? He'll be there for you. The Bible says that God saw, God heard, and God hid. Yeah. So even when Jacob was tripping, God provided me with reasons to rejoice. the Number two, Leah, why did you praise the Lord this time? Leah said, because God showed me that he has the power to make me productive, even when I'm in pain. God, help me. I, I don't know who I'm preaching to, but is there anybody here who had painful production? Thank you. I need some help. Uh, is there anybody here who can say, I've been in pain, but I've been producing? God, help me. Matter of fact, if you look at my Instagram, you can't even tell I'm hurting. God, help me. Uh, That ain't because I'm fronting, it's because God is keeping me. Because everybody don't deserve to know that you're in pain, God help me. But God will allow you to look good even while you're going through. Oh God, I know some saints have the testimony that you don't look like what you've been through. But my testimony is I don't look like what I'm going through. Is there anybody here who can testify that I don't look like I'm sad? I don't look like I'm depressed. I don't, like I'm I don't look like I'm broke. I don't look like I'm struggling. I don't look like I'm lonely. I don't look like I'm in pain. But God is allowing me to be productive even in the place of my pain. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 29. He tells the children of Israel he said, "Look, you in bondage beloved And I know know your false prophets are telling you you're coming out of bondage, but you ain't coming out of this no time soon. He says, but I'm going to bless you to be able to be productive even in the place of your imprisonment. He tells them you're going to be able to build houses and live in them. He says, you're going to be able to get married and have children, even in the place of your bondage. God, help me. He tells him, he says, look here, I'm going to allow you to be productive in pain. God, how are you going to do it? Because I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. God says, I'm going to allow you to be productive even in the midst of your pain. So Leah praised the Lord, number one, because when Jacob rejected her, God provided her with reasons to rejoice. Number two, she praised the Lord because God showed her that he had the power to make her productive even when she was in pain. But number three, I asked Leah, I said, Leah, why did you decide to praise the Lord? She said, this is my third one preaching and you can take it to the house. The third reason how I knew or why I decided to praise the Lord is because I finally figured out that the relationship should have killed me, but God was keeping me even Even while while I was was guilty guilty of doing to God what Jacob Jacob was doing to me. (laughs) Uh. Look, Look, I really really want to holler, but my voice voice is gone, so y'all got got to help me. I got to to preach this. this. Uh, She She says, says, uh, look here. here. Uh, Jacob... The toxic relationship, remember I preached about toxic relationships last week, the, the, the toxic relationship with Jacob was taking the life from me, but God was giving me life and sustaining me even while I was treating God like Jacob was treating me. Leah, what do you mean you were treating God like Jacob was treating you? Uh, I was, I was so focused, focused on the relationship, the relationship that God gave me that, that I, forgot I forgot the relationship, relationship with the God that gave me the relationship, God, God help God me. Help I, I, I was so, so focused, focused on, on, on the person the that God, God brought, brought into, into my, my life that I forgot about the God that gave me life in the first place. God helped me. And even though I forgot about him, even though I was trifling and every time he gave me something, God would give Leah a gift and she would take that gift and present it to Jacob trying to get more love from Jacob. But every time she did that, God kept on sustaining her. God helped me. Oh, God kept on blessing her. You missed the point of the text. Every verse until verse 35 says, and she conceived, Again, God help me. Oh, God. Every time Jacob turned his back on her, the Bible says that God gave her the ability to produce something again. God help me. God was putting life inside of her when Jacob was trying to take the life out of her. God help me. Can you see Leah? God help me. She got low self esteem because she knows that she's not as pretty as her other sister. The man in her life that is supposed to speak value to her, her father, tells Jacob, that she's so ugly that I got to trick somebody into marrying her. So she's already got low self-esteem going into the marriage. But somewhere along the line, the Bible says that God cuts the lights on for Leah and she realizes that I didn't just find God, but God was always there. God, help me. And if a single person today would realize that you're not single, but you're in a relationship with a holy God, if a married person today would realize that even when your spouse is tripping. You can have a love affair with the lover of your soul. Oh God, you would understand that you don't have to settle for trying to convince somebody to love you. And while you're telling that loser, that liar, that ignorant person that can't see you, like Ethan white, you're going to love me. God is looking down from heaven, uh, saying, when are you going to love me? God, help me. you singing to him, uh, but God is singing over you. Uh, You need to love me, uh, and I'm going to keep allowing you to get into relationships with people who don't see your value until you learn how to see the value in me. God, help me. So, it ain't you telling your lovers, uh, you're going to love me, uh, but I got to from heaven today to tell somebody in the building God said and I'm telling you I'm not going God help me I don't care how trifling you are I'll never leave you nor forsake you I'm telling you I'm not going I don't care how bad you look over me how crazy you treat me how hard it is you're going to love me God help me oh God God said I don't care what you've been going through you've got a lover named Jesus who will see the value in you you, uh, who saw it from the beginning, God help me? And you ain't gotta give him nothing for him to see you. Uh, you ain't gotta take him on no date, fellas. Uh, you ain't gotta buy him no flowers. Uh, you ain't gotta purchase no gifts. Uh, you ain't gotta give him your body, ladies. Uh, he says, All I want you to do is love me back, God help me. As a matter of fact, give me your body, but not like you give it to them. Romans 12:1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God uh, that you present your body. God help me. You ain't gotta strip for me, uh, but strip for me. Uh, Colossians says lay aside every weight. God help me and the sin that so easily besets you God says you ain't got to do for me what you do for them to get them to love you But I love you anyway Come unto me. God help me y'all ain't feeling me in here, but I'm gonna preach myself happy Come unto me all you who labor and are heavy laden if you're tired of running around in circles If you're tired of giving yourself to people who don't appreciate you if you're tired of running around on an emotional Roller coaster. God says, You can love me and I'll take away your pain. Oh, God, is there anybody here who's been loved by God? As a matter of fact, that's why I'm here right now because I've been loved by God. God, help me. I've been loved by a lover who loves me the best. God, help me. Is there anybody here who can justify that can't nobody do me like Jesus?